Trust the Wizard Podcast. Everybody's got a thing. You got a thing? I got a thing. I got a thing. I got a thing. This is our thing. Bubbled up through the neck of the bottle Sweet sounds came out through the radio It was John Coltrane God damn it I love John Coltrane me some more, you had your arms around my neck and it felt real fine, and then your ankle knocked up against mine, and resonating in my bones, the precise crisp drumming of Mr. Elvin Jones, God damn it, I love John Coltrane, Sunnyview Bed and Breakfast Guesthouse has never been busier. Staten Island hip-hop legends, the Wu-Tang Clan, have just arrived to check in. Good morning, gentlemen. Welcome to the Sunnyview Bed and Breakfast Guesthouse. My name is Edna Dribblethwaite, owner and manager of the Sunnyview Bed and Breakfast Guesthouse. How can I help you today? Yo, we're the Wu-Tang Clan and we're here to check into our rooms. Ah, I see. And is that an American accent you have there, sir? We have quite a few Americans staying with us this week. Something to do with a festival of hip-hops. Ooh, my sister Maud had one of them. She's never been right since. So were you all surgeons, then? We're all musicians, ma'am. Musicians? Oh, well, that is nice. We've got a Bon Tempe organ in the snook. Maybe you could play us something later. Yo, well, yeah, we're all very tired, man. We had a long flight direct from Staten Island to Leeds, Bradford, and we're due on stage in a few hours, so we'd like to check into our rooms as soon as possible. Oh, certainly, sir. We aim to please here. Now, could I ask your name, sir? My name? Is Method Man. Thank you, Mr. Man. Now, are you spelling that with one N or with two? Just one. Okay, that's lovely. That was very simple. So, the next gentleman, please. Your name, sir? Larissa. I'm sorry, sir. Is that your surname? No surname, just Larissa. Hmm. Yes, so what shall I put down for your first name? It's The. Your name is The. 
the T H E the. That's right, ma'am. And your surname? Ah. Ah, yes. Z. C, yes. Not C, it's Z. Z for zebra. Oh, and Z. Oh, I see. Yes, Z. A. A, yes. Oh, all oh, right, I see. T H E R Z A. Oh, that's Teresa. Teresa, well, that's a lovely name, is Teresa. It's usually a girl's name, but I know some of you surgeons do go in for these strange names. I had a fella ch- checking in just before you. Very thirsty gentleman he was, Teresa. I says to him, I says, what's your name? And he says to me, he says, Ice tea. I says to him, I says, never mind your drink order. What's your name? I need to, t- to check you in for your room. <laughs> and he says to me, he says, Ice tea. So I says to him, look, that's enough of that. I haven't got time for you when you're carrying on. Anyway, it turns out he told me his real name was Tracy. He didn't look like a Tracy. But you know what they say, there's no sequeer as fork, is there, Teresa? <laughs> Many a mickle makes a muckle happen as like. Any road up. He says to me he's from the West Coast. And he told me, don't you be letting any of those East Coast niggers in here, or blam, blam. Well, I never did hear the like. I said to him, we don't get much of that kind of thing around here. I don't know that much about what goes on at the East Coast, but I did go on a day trip to Scarborough a few years back, and I did see one black man driving a bus he was. And there's nothing wrong with that, I tell thee. Well, yes, Mum, but we're in a little bit of a hurry here, Mum. All right, I'm terribly sorry, sir. Right then, who's next? Your name, please. I'll spill it for you. It's G-Z, or as you say, Z-A. Oh, so T-Z-A. That's nice and simple. So how do you pronounce that, then? Nobody knows. Uh-huh. OK, and the next doctor, please. My name is Ray Kwan. Oh, hello, Ray. I have a cousin called Ray. He lives over towards Nairsborough, just off the A-59. Oh, but he does suffer. It's his hemorrhoids, you see. Very dour man he is. Miserable Ray, I call him. Anyway, so you're also Ray. That is nice. Mm. So that's Ray. They call me Rayquan. Rayquan the chef. Oh, you're a chef. That is nice. Well, we do a lovely English breakfast with extra stripe and a extra tripe and a Pontefract cake, all sitting inside a giant Yorkshire pud. Rayquan, you say? Is that like that Lydia McCartney in her veg- vegetableism sausages? My daughter-in-law eats all that quad stuff. She's one of those vegetableism aliens. I can't be doing with all that myself. What's wrong with a bit of beef dripping? I'll tell you what's wrong with it. No, that's what. Can you just check us into our rooms, please? Oh, yes, sorry about that, sir. I'm sure I don't need to tell you, a proper chef, about how to make beef dripping. Right, then. The next gentleman, please. Thank you for waiting, sir. Your name, if you please. You God. Hugo. You God. Have I got what? You God. First name, you. You are you? Yes, I am you. Then who am I? You God. I am God? Well, I'll have to ask Reverend Garthwaite about that one. Oh, Teresa, your doctor friends are certainly peculiar fellows. So I'll just put down your first name is you, so that's Y-O-U. No, it's you. One letter. The letter U. The 21st letter of the alphabet. Ah, and the surname is God, spelt in the same way as 
the supreme being, the omniscient, omnipotent, omnipresent deity of the same name. Yeah, yeah, but, it, but it's hyphenated. Ooh, you're one of them double-barrelling names. Now, that is very fancy. We don't get many of them double-barrellings up this neck of the woods. I'm next, ma'am. They call me Master Killer. Thank you, Mr. Killer. So that's Master, that's M-A-S-T-E-R, Killer, K-I-L-L-E-R. Actually, it's Master ending with an A. I'm a killer ending in an A. Are you sure, dear? Both those words are usually spelt with an E-R at the end. Anyway, which one of you doctors is next? Ghostface Killer! Ghostface? Ghostface Killer! Ghostface? Your first name is Ghostface? Right, so I think I'm beginning to get the hang of these unusually spelt names you doctors have. So, eh, uh, that will be Ghostface. So I'm guessing that will, oh, I don't know, Ghost, is it G-O-A-C-E-D? And Face spelt, oh, I don't know, no, P-H, probably, knowing you lots. E-I-G-H, double S. Don't be ridiculous, man. It's just a regular spelling of ghost and face, all one word. Aha, uh-huh. but I've already checked in your brother, Master Killer. So it's not Killer, is it? It'll be Killer, right? Actually, no, no, it's, it's Killer. K-I-L-L-A, with an H on the end. Of course it is. I think you're just taking the Michael Parkinson now, aren't you, ghost face killer indeed? Eee, bargum. Right then, who's next? Old dirty bastard. I bet you are. Old man. dirty bastard. Well, I've never been so insulted in my life. No, that, that's my name, Mom. Old dirty bastard. Your name, you say? Old dirty bastard? Yes, ma'am. Old dirty bastard. Check it, check it. So your first name then, that's old, is it? O-L-D? Well, strictly speaking, it's, it's all, it's O-L apostrophe. Oh, right, all. <laughs> is that something for Oliver? That's right, Mum, Oliver Dirty Best. Okay, Oliver, so Dirty Bastard, is that a double barreling name as well, or is it all one word? My surname is Bastard. Dirty's my middle name. Actually, there's a funny story related to that. Well, maybe later, Oliver. I'm not sure if anyone's actually still listening to this sketch, and I've got to check in the last of your party. The next gentleman, your name, please. Inspector Dick, ma'am. Oh, Teresa, Oliver, you've brought a policeman with you. Oh, pleased to meet you, officer. Well, I'm sure you've got some fantastically creative and individual, yet phonetically plausible variation on spelling for your name, but quite frankly, I haven't got time for you or your tomfoolery. This so-called comic sketch has gone on far too long by half already by half, so it has. And we need to get to the punchline, if there even is one. So here are your room keys. I've had to put some of you into the family rooms. They are a little more cosy. Each one's got twin beds and a bunk bed. Beds in the top bunk. Oh, that's not fair. Why does Goldface always get the top bunk? Well, he did bagsy it, so... Don't you have twin rooms you can put us into? Oh, no, dear. We're very busy. What with this ramp festival and everything, it's been very stressful for me. I'll tell you what it's been like in here. It's like a jungle sometimes. It is. It really is. You know what? It does make me wonder how I keep from going under. <laughs> no, but every room is full, I'm afraid. I've got big pun. He's in room one. He's sharing a twin with KRS one in room two. It's the two live crew. Who's in room three? Well, I'll tell you, I've got Eric B. Down 
Eric B, Warren G, Chuck D, Long Z D, we got Heavy D, EPMD, Ron DMC, and Cool More D, we got Jack D, Simon D, Kiki D, and DC Lee, and Easy Motherfucking E. Room 3 is very large, you see. Room 4, Tupac Shakur. Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five are in Room 5 with Jurassic 5. Mantronics are in Room 6. In Room 7, some bloke called Kevin, he told me Jackie must have said, I'm on wrong one. A young poet called Kate is in Room 8. She's from South London, New Cross Kate. Genuine is in Room 9. He's got a pony with him, the Dirty Swine. Room 10, I've got Eminem. Would you like me to go through that again? I see. So do you need payment up front for these rooms? Yes, please. We accept. Cash, check or diners club. No problem, ma'am. So shall I make the check payable to Edna Dribblefoot? Oh, no, no. You better use my real name. It's Renegade Cracker. <laughs> Thank you. Here's your check from the Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang fan? No, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. The Suzanne Gang? No, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. The Shu Kang Kang? No, it's the Wu-Tang Clan. The Two Kangs Wang? The Wu-Tang Clan. The Wu-Tang Clan? Is it Eggers like the Wu-Tang Clan? What kind of a name is that? The Wu-Tang Clan, for heaven's sake. For heaven's sake, end this sketch. For heaven's sake, put us out of our misery. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you for heaven's sake by Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah, one, two, one, two. It's the wolf living in the shadows. Manufactured homes to microphones, bones fracture. Limited edition composition, spark friction, non-fiction. The calm bomb keep your arm distance. Zero tolerance, dominant intelligence. Who original? True colors stem from the melanin. The most high, most try to get close by and overthrow I, but choke with their hopes up high. I circulate the tri-state and vibrate beyond the Richter. Fly sister flock when they spot this live nigga. The crowd seduce a black and third eye before I lose your verbal high. Leave stars in the eyes of Medusa. Top 10 poly like Cochran and Sharpton. Narrow margin of your odds and darts to marksman. Murder rap, kill your soul like Roberta Flack. Words attack like a British bulldog. Observe the stats. A spark that surges through the undergrowth Overwhelming the populace from the entry The Wu-Tang Dynasty has emerged From this elite fleet I was appointed to strike the vital nerve Mouths tend to utter and speak empty words Observe the magnetic attraction as we breathe Seeds of MCs that these fake-ass industry niggas feed off The chrome mic tend to squeeze off and spray An array of shots that travel downwind Just respect my prolific pen as I ascend the minds of the weak to rise and take power. I go towering over the land as we stand. Expanding our cream, a dollar grain of sand. Let the mind use the physical as planned.
check out my new suit. Darts blend, aim, take fire, pure destruction. Disappear from here. My year, drop the stupid LPs everywhere. Falling out the sky, talk sniper. Rap spy, Capadonna hit the countryside. Poetry whirlpool, risen to collide. We produce article exception to the rule. We the black men that struck oil, the hard boil. Cats that made that water gate thing go spoil. The heavy handed, locked down, standing with Cyrus. Woo pirates, sneak inside the club, low eyes. Low down, dirty, 12, 30, nighttime crawlers. Off the wallers, basketball gun brawlers. Smoked out, throw both fists for 9 7. Slang revving, put the best work in. Thank you. 
Darren Heyman performing as the French on the album Local Information with the song The, the Wu-Tang Clan. And before that, The Wu-Tang Clan was yeah. featuring Capitola from the album uh, Wu-Tang Forever. Uh, and uh, that song was called Feather's Sake. Mm. Yeah. Our old Wu-Tang sound, that's the first Wu-Tang I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. And it's brilliant. The fact that they always chant in the background, woo, tang. There, 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 there's, there's another really good one, I can't remember what it's called, but it's, well, there's one where it's got, in the background, they're going, it's the woo, motherfucker, woo, tang, motherfucker. That, that's a <laughs> Enter really the Woo, that's a really good album. Th- is it 36 shows? 36 Chambers. Chambers, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a really oh, good album. I feel ashamed that I didn't know this. Yeah. 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 You, need to, you need to get down with it. Yeah. Uh, we, 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 uh, they're not kids anymore, are they? Well, the Woo's... Yeah, they have, although, strangely, they're only releasing one copy of it. <laughs> yeah, one actual physical copy well, of the album, which they're going to... I don't know. Are they hoping to sell out? <laughs> I don't know. But they're going to... People... It's going to be very expensive. Oh, and, and then nobody's allowed to listen to it for 88 years or something. I didn't, <laughs> I, that, I didn't read that. They had a single out last year, didn't they? A new single was out. I saw them playing on um, John Stewart's show. They came on... Oh, right, the, yeah. The, the Daily, Daily show. show. Yeah. The Daily Show, yeah. Are you familiar with the Woo name? Where, where the web, there's a website, uh, www.recordstore.com slash Wu name uh, where you can find out your own Wu-Tang name what your <laughs> name would be but, but before I move on I should say the sketch we did before oh, yeah. uh, firstly apologies for that yeah, yeah. and secondly I'd like a big, a big shout out to my friend Simon Hudson who came up with the original idea for that sketch many many years ago uh, uh, so is he you blaming him then? we're blaming him yeah yeah we blame him uh, but anyway, I found out all our Wu Tang names. Oh, very good. Uh, and I've got our oh, real yes. names mm. and also our wizard names. All right. So uh, we'll start with me. Yeah. Uh, so my real name mm. is uh, a Wu Tang name. I learned quite appropriately, I think, Radiophonic Oddity. Yes. That's good. That is yeah. good yeah. And the Trizzo Garbanzo name is rather more esoteric. I'm a big wicker ventriloquist. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, Excellent. Um, 
your real name, Kicker of Elves, yeah. is uh, Greasy Choir Boy. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, and we're all like one of them. Yes, yeah, we do. And, and very strangely enough, your Kicker of Elves name uh, it's also is also Greasy Choir Boy. It, no, it, no, it is Radiophonic Oddity. Same, oh, same as my real name. Oh. Very strange. Although my real name is not Kicker of Elves, which is <laughs> pop out to the listener. That's a bit strange. Uh, no, but, but my favourites are definitely Rebel Ricketts ones, uh, because his real name is, again, very appropriately, Undiscovered Bum. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is quite appropriate, to be honest with you. You are, and you also have <laughs> an Undiscovered Bum. Uh, uh, but best of all, Rebel Ricket, <clears throat> Rebel Ricket in the name itself, your woo name, Excitable Misunderstood Genius. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Doesn't get any better than that. Does not get any better. And uh, I, I did like the French song. Oh, yeah. I yeah. like the idea of, you know, the Wu-Tang Clan and, and all the associates with the Ghostface Killer and all that. And yet, who's listening to it? A little middle-class girl in, I imagine, Leafy Surrey. Mm. Yeah. Swinging yeah. her arms, yeah. listening to the Wu-Tang Clan. Yeah. yeah. What about music? It's such a universal, beautiful thing. And it's cheering her up. Okay, I'm joined now by superstar soul diva and American icon, daughter of good Christian sharecroppers from Georgia, Millie Jackson. Raisin motherfucker! <laughs> uh, it's a family show, Millie, if you could keep it clean. By the way, I, I think you're great. You ain't gonna compliment your ass on this shit! Okay, so um, so is it is it true that uh, you started singing uh, in response to a bet at a singing competition? So that's how I got in this shit in the first place, listening to you jive time niggas. Okay, those other words really bad, but that word, don't say that word again. Now, let's talk about your career. Um, you did a hip-hop record. How did you find that? Old bitch like me up here trying to sing this hippity-dippity shit. Okay, you did a country record. How was that? Bullshit! Some complained that I was on a white horse. Would you felt better if I was on a motherfucking mule? Millie, I've got, I've got to insist that you tone down your language a bit. Hug me, bitch! Please, just give it a try. Hug me, miss, bitch! Look, I think we might as well pat this in. It's, just, it's not really working, is it? You low down. You good for nothing. Oh, fuck off. Did you hear that a white boy said, fuck y'all? What did you say? Fuck off. Excuse me, I thought he said fuck. He said fuck. There's a difference between fucking and fucking. Don't worry about it, y'all get it right one day. No time soon, but one day. I'll say this once and once only. Millie Jackson, fuck you. 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 Fuck you.
that was the Fuck You Symphony by, by Lily Jackson. Mm. Yeah. Uh, do you want to know I came across them? I would like to know that, yeah. Uh, I, I was, we, you did that competition about album covers. Yeah, and I was searching album covers and happened upon the weirdest album covers. Uh-huh. And there's some, like, there's some very weird album covers. Yeah. About. But none more weird. There's one of them on the book. On the toilet, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. There's two famous Millie Jackson covers. One with her on the toilet, you know, apropos nothing. <laughs> and another one with a crystal ball. Have you seen this one? No. Well, of course, <clears throat> the crystal ball, she's like that, and it magnifies her cleavage to its massive. <laughs> which is nice. Um, but so I followed on from that. I thought, well, who on earth would make a an album with them them on the front of the toilet and uh, it's called Back in the Shit isn't it? Back in the Shit yeah Yeah. and so you go to the album and she is this raucous bawdy disgusting offensive yet like when she starts singing soul she's as you know not Diana Ross particularly but but a really great Aretha Franklin type soul singer yeah so you've got this contrast of her being unbelievably offensive and then just knocking into you know some great, some great soul, soul tracks, and that uh, that song, a live album, isn't it? That's like yeah, live and uncensored. Live and uncensored. Yeah. And uh, she says things on there. It's from nineteen seventy nine, and it's it's interesting that we were listening to punk rock in nineteen seventy seven, seventy eight, and thinking, God, we're on the edge. We were nothing. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was so <laughs> offensive. She says things on that album that legit, I think she would get arrested for if she said them. Then, <laughs> yeah, racist, sexist, violent. <laughs> It's brilliant. <laughs> I love it. I remember reading about her in the 80s. I read a book about Prince, and it, she was mentioned in it quite a lot. And I remember thinking, she sounds really interesting. Oh. And I remember there was a picture in the book of, of, of this album cover with her sitting on the bog. Uh, and uh, I remember thinking that this, this woman sounds really interesting. I should check out some of her stuff. Uh, but I never got around to it. And then... Uh, fairly, you know, quite a long time after that, I got this soul compilation. I said, "Oh, Millie Jackson, that's that woman," and it was her doing "Hurt So Good," you know, uh, yeah. the, you know. But it's a very straight reading, and it's mm-hmm. bloody good. She can really sing. Oh, so, yeah. but it's a straight soul version. I was yeah. expecting her to be, you know, being rude about what hurts or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I found an interview. Did you see the interview on songfacts.com about this oh, this no. song? Uh, it said this song was not directed at anything specific. This is an interview from 2010. She said. I realised I had never said fuck on stage before. You notice no. I couldn't even spell it the right way. This is when she wrote fuck you. Uh, I couldn't even spell it the right way because it's spelled P-H-U-C-K. Randy Klein was my keyboard player at the time and I said, I don't know what this album is going to be. I've said everything on stage I could possibly say. I've said everything on record I could possibly say. Everything except fuck. So I said, that's it, I'm just going to say fuck. Uh, but we decided we had to do it with some class. <laughs> so we sat down and he said... Okay, what are the words going to be then? And I, I said, well, how about fuck you? And he said, well, all the words, fuck you. So he went and wrote the music. He went, this guy went away and wrote that music, uh, and he just said, fuck you, fuck you. He said, I laugh about that song. I say that song. The lyrics were so hard to write. It took forever to come up with all those lyrics. Shungas, sin bachtur nismog. Wait, can I trust the wizard in the podcast? Well, this next song uh, I brought to the pod thanks to Chirito Garbanzo. You uh, you recommended this band to us did, on yeah. an earlier pod. I'm not sure they were on the same label as Slum of Legs. That's right. And yeah. I was, told, was telling you about how I'd heard one song, but the album was only on vinyl, so I said, "Go and get it." And I did. So I could hear it. And I yeah. did. And uh, it's a it's a great album. So this is this is the band Ravioli Me Away. Uh, the album is called The Inevitable Album, and the song we're going to hear is called Good Team Player. 
be the one that never knocked Every job I offer used to keep you up the dark Come lay your opportunity the one that never You've got a small head, but it's right on your body, which I particularly enjoy. Um, there's also a very interesting cover. The cover's really good, because they're kind of dressed as these kind of horsey, middle-classy, well, upper-middle-classy type people. With you can tell there's something not right about it. Though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, 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 we mentioned before, the Riots Not Diets is the website, which where I think there's a label, or possibly a club night in Brighton. But there's this whole Brighton scene down there. What is the label? Uh, it's it on the bottom there. Uh, good job good job yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, they, they did the other stuff that they've done is on rights not diets um, I think uh, but the problem with these bands is they're all very prolific and mm. they're making a lot of records and there's a whole scene going on down on the south coast and they're sometimes playing London they need to get up north of course they do yeah, yeah we need to get these mm. people coming up north and I think they've got great, great sound it reminded me a bit of the raincoats remember the raincoats mm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I, we talked a, uh, a couple of podcasts ago about Viv Albertine. Yeah. I've never really heard the slits, but that's a bit like what I imagine they must sound like. I yeah. don't know if they do, but they, you know, they also remind me of like, like Rick Rig and Panic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember them? Okay. Uh, they, they sound a bit like that. A bit kind, of, a bit kind of chaotic, but actually very, very tuneful and and uh, you know insistent tunes that get in your head and you kind of go. Eh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's a great album. I highly recommend it. So, thank you very much for putting that in my direction. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm trying to figure it out because I've been trying to figure out that lyric. I'm a gutsy player. I'm a quick, quick. And I I'm a good a team player. Good team player. That's the name of the song. I'm a good so team player. No, no, no. I'm a good, I'm team, a good team, player. team player. I'm, I'm a quick, quick learner. Is it learner? I thought. Yeah. I thought mumma. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. The, the lyrics are on the back there. And it's yeah. too small. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then again, it's like. So then there's the, are you able to work under pressure? Are you able to, so that's like they're advertising for a job. And then they're saying, I'm a gutsy player. So it's like someone's advertising for a job. And the centre, within the song, the person's applying well, I think these, yeah, these are just stock phrases that will come up with people that ask you in an interview or you're saying in an interview. Yeah. To get the, you know. Don't call us, we'll call you. 
Hello, this is the Proclaimers. Welcome to the Trust the Wizards podcast. Now, this this next song comes from a release from the Folklore Tapes label, which, as it sounds, uh, originally put out stuff on tapes. This is actually a, a reissue of their original tape, Devon Folklore Tapes Volume 1, uh, which came out a few years ago. But this has come out last year on double 10-inch vinyl. Um, and it's it's a fascinating artefact, really. It's It tells the tale of two... Um, Devon witches back in the uh, 16th century and I'm just going to read a little bit from the the book that comes with the records it says two witches is where it all began this inaugural volume resulted from a postal correspondence between David Chatton Barker and Ian Humberstone in 2011 and was released in a split cassette housed in a hollowed out hardback book later that year. The original recordings have been completely remastered for this re-release, which begins the beginning of a wider reissue series with folklore tapes, so look out for that. Um, it, as I say, it tells the tale of two uh, long-forgotten figures from West Country Law, Hannam Henley and Marianne Voden. Both women lived in rural Devon during the 19th century and fostered highly idiosyncratic careers in the provision of charms and curses at a time when belief in the reality of witchcraft was in decline. And all the songs here, the two records, all the songs on each record relate to the story of the two, um, the two witches. The one I'm going to play is a song called Flame Licks Through the Book of Charms, which is um, an instrumental that tells the tale of the house of Marianne Voden being burnt to the ground and just before she ceased to be a witch.
That was The Ship Tones uh, Dilemma featuring Edwin Collins. It's a version of uh, the song that opened Edwin Collins' last album, Understated. Mm. Uh, but that one done reggae style. One, and why not? I mean, just It's almost <laughs> as if someone has set out to make a record in order to guarantee they get played on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> reggae? Yeah. Check, check. Edwin Collins? Check. check. That's a golf ball hit right down the middle of the Wizards' fair. You know what it was missing there, don't you? Well, I was saying the only way it could be more likely to get airplay was if it Edwin Collins, mm. reggae cover mm. of a Tinderstick song mm. with a guitar solo by Chuck Prophet mm. released on Alcopop record label on, guided, on, on, on coloured vinyl with some kind of guided vinyl voices. Mm. The artwork done by Robert Pop. That yeah. sounds good, yeah. but you're still missing a key ingredient. Which is what? Which would be right in the middle of that song, apropos of nothing else, a very short but very succinct Kevin Rowland impersonation. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 yeah, indeed. But, uh, uh, no, great, great, nice to hear that song again, and, and I enjoyed it. Well, no, it's, it's, not, it's not like, um, it's not like I've ever listened to that song, or indeed any other Edwin Collins or Orange Juice song, and thought, well, this song's all very well, but you know what would really make it better? If it was a reggae song, yeah. I'd never, ever listen to Edwin Collins thinking that. It? However, I do think it's better than the original. Oh, do you? Yeah, yeah I think yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, yeah, yeah fact, and very few songs could be spoiled by making them into reggae songs. It reminded me, though, it reminded me, the song, the song Dilemma reminded, reminded me of um, the very, uh, the, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Idiosyncratic. Yeah. Ted Chippington. Yeah, really? And Ted Chippington's got this joke, which I'd like to share with you. I've written it down to make sure I remember it right. Yeah. So, I was walking down the road the other day, and this chap drove up beside me, he says, excuse me, mate, I'm in a dilemma. I said, ah, they're good motors, dilemmas. I was thinking of buying one myself. A red one, perhaps. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> what's, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> By the way. So, is he, is he on it? Now? Is he sampled? Is he singing? No, he's not. Yeah, he's, 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 he's on it, yeah. yeah. Oh, right, well, yeah. yeah. It's not a sample, no, or a remix. It's, uh, it's a remake of the song. So when they say the ship tones on their Facebook page performed live with a ten-piece band and visual projections and recorded vocals from the likes of Gary and Ryan Jarman, Steve Malmus and the Gyps, uh, Ricky Wilson, Jeffrey Lewis, and Justin Hayward Young, right? Have they? Are they not all? Are they, were they? I don't know. Have they got? Well, this this EP, which has only got two tracks on it, it's got um, one track with Edwin Collins on it, and the other track has got Clint Boone from the Inspire Carpets. And Stephen Holt, who I have to Google, but he is the guy who now sings in the Aspire Carpets now that Tom Hingley is in the band anymore. All right, okay. So, um, yeah, maybe they're just well-connected guys. Must be. Do you want some LSD? No, thanks, mate. We've gone decimalised now. Pound, shillings, pence, no use to me anymore. Very good. <laughs> anyway, before that... Before that, yeah. So, <laughs> before, that. before that, so I was intrigued by you saying this, this, this is... Uh, this is a, a, a music all about the story of these two mm. witches, but that's an instrumental. So, yeah. it, I mean, it's a, obviously a musical representation of it, but yeah. I would imagine if someone was doing musical representation, I liked it very much, by the way. Yeah. The woozy organ and the echo, sound echo, sound, yeah. echo deck bass. Or, Did I say uh, who that was? Did I say who it was? You said it was Ian Humphrey. Ian Humphrey. Uh, but, I mean, if you, someone said, like, this music is about, uh, you know, a, a fight, a, a, Building burning down. Mm. I would have expected it to be more kind of dramatic up and down, whereas it kind of starts and it kind of goes along pretty much in the same vein. Mm. I like that vein, but mm. you know, yeah. Well, I mean, what it's where you've got the sort of the notes that the booklet, I suppose, that comes with it. Yeah, it does have a little 
explanation for each of the songs oh, right. how, how it fits within the story. Yeah. Um, so I mean, yeah, I guess it's open to your own imagination, yeah. isn't it? Does it, it is. Some yeah. folk, total poems. Oh, it is. It is very much folk music, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, I, I didn't hear it as folk. Music. Did you not? I, I'd rather it anywhere I, I heard it as. I heard, and it sounds like whiplash. <laughs> Anderson. Well, the film Whiplash. No, no, no. The actual Whiplash. Oh, right. Right. Okay. So repeatedly. And the circus organ being played at the bottom of the lake. Well, isn't, that, isn't that folk? It could well be folk. Well, you know, isn't there a famous saying by Louis Armstrong, which I'm going to misquote here, but he says, um, he said something like, all music is folk music, because I ain't never heard no horse make music. Yeah. Like uh, that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You see some yeah. folks making, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. I thought it might be a horror soundtrack. Um, I think it could it be. Does sound, no, yeah, it could that's, be. That's more like what it sounds like. And maybe, it's, yeah. it's a horror story in a way, isn't it? I mean, it's a, it's a horrendous event. It's a, there's an aquatic theme in that. It's water feature, like people getting drowned. The, well, witch, what happens to the witches, I suppose, they did get drowned. Well, they did get drowned, yeah. Drowned in fire. Whoa. <laughs> the worst kind <laughs> of drowning. <laughs> Dramatic. Yeah. I thought that the title of the film might be Mutant Vampire Grubs Rise from the Lagoon. Okay. Yeah. Because you can imagine... I can, I can hear that. Yeah, yeah, big grubs, white grubs, skins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. type thing. Yeah. Out of the lagoon, huge ones, and they absorb and kill people. All right. That'll be the horror film right. that that's the back of. I, th- I think that's a film that needs to be made. I'll do it. Uh, this is from uh, 2007's this music is probably too geeky for you, LP, which is by The Efts. That's spelt E-F-T-S. It's a great song about fathers and sons, and it's called Your Turn Now. Watching him work 
love you. <laughs> I love you too. I love you. That song was called I Love You. Oh, let's see. And it was by Charles Howell from the album Sir Vices, which is, is uh, which is out on 6th of April on Ample Play Records, uh, and they're on tour at the moment. It says on here that these are Charles Howell. The band is called Charles Howell, but one of the people in the band is also called Charles Howell. But it's confusing. Not, that must be very confusing. It is, yeah. Uh, Charles Howell released their debut album, it says, mm. uh, but then it, but in the band we have Charles Howell, mm. Bobby Voltaire, both uh, of, from the band The Proper Ornaments, and there's uh, Chris Hicks on bass, and Wesley Patrick Gonzalez, uh, who are from Talons, and Let's Wrestle. Is it, uh, has it got anything to do with the uh, PNKSLM recordings label? PNKSLM. Mm. Punk Slime. No, no, I don't know. Right. It's on Ample Play, which is Corner Shop's label. Right. Was, uh, if I was in that band, I'd be very suspicious. Do you know what it is? Because if he went solo, he doesn't have to change a thing, does he? Yeah, you kick him all Well, like PJ Harvey, because when she oh, first started, she was a free piece. And then right. she, when she went solo, and basically the, the drummer and the other guy, she stopped working with them. Well, just, she, she does periodically work with them again. But uh, they either, I can't remember if they either took out the full stops between the PJ or they put in full stops in order to signify mm. the difference. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't remember where they, I think they, yeah, I don't know. I think they took them out. Mm. Uh, what, what are you on? No, no, pink, no, sorry, pink, slime. Slime. Yeah, pink slime. No, no, punk slime. What is this? Punk slime. I've, I've got notes here. I've got my glasses on so I can read it now. Uh, that band, Charles Hell, yeah, and him, yeah, Charles Hell, yeah. Uh, apparently, they've got a, a self-titled EP which you can get for free. What's it called? Off, off, of, <laughs> off of their uh, Bandcamp page, which was put out by Punksum. Punksum <laughs> Recordings. Okay. Yeah, and it's, it's rather good. It's rather good. Yeah, I really, that, I really that, like that. That album's very good. That uh, track is fantastic. I love that guitar. Yeah, song. there's a there's a really good track. Hang on, let me see. It's track number seven. It's also very good. Let me <laughs> find out what track number seven is called. Track number seven and track number ten are my, all my other favourites. The New Shade... Yeah. And the right floor. Now, a lot of the, what I've read about them online is talking about them being, you know, very influenced by brick pop and stuff like that. Mm. And that kind of put me off them a bit mm. before I heard the album. Uh, and you know, there's a little bit of that in there. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of sort of chugga chugga. It mentions the Modern Lovers on this press release, yeah, and, and, and that, that's as good a, as good a shout as any, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so before that, before that it was it was the S now. <clears throat> so I'm putting my glasses back on now right, because uh, I made notes. I looked these babies up on the old interweb. Yeah. And it, it seems they've got a bit of a mixed catalogue, mixed back catalogue. Yeah. Uh, they're involved with the European Frequency and Time Seminar. Uh-huh. Uh, they're also um, a red type of salamander. Hold on, hold on. Hello. They, yeah. they're, they're involved with the European Frequency. The European Frequency and Time Seminar. Is that a musical thing or I think he's misunderstanding Google oh, deliberately. They're, they're also something to do with electronic fingerprint transmission specification. Right. Uh-huh. Uh, electronic fun transfer syntax. Uh, they are also, uh, have been uh, effective full-time students and equivalent full-time study is clearly involved. Interestingly, the, uh, the red salamander... Yeah. Uh, the uh, the red eft, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is is known to fade to green, not grey. Right. Green. So they've got absolutely nothing to do with Steve Strange. Who sadly, who sadly, Steve Strange. Yeah. 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 Uh, but um, well, I, I this. It's your turn now. It's your turn now. This album came out in two thousand and seven, but I think I can't remember. I've got two versions of this song. One of them. Is a bit later. Well, this is version three point four. Yeah. So. Uh, oh, is uh, that what that meant? This band. <laughs> okay. The the F, that up. the F's were kind of ahead of the curve because they were releasing whole albums for free, 
in 2007. Uh, it's quite difficult to find out that much about them online. Uh, I've got a lot of information. Yes, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but it was a bit magnetic fieldsy, but with more sort of electronic and slightly mm-hmm. more weird. You might remember on my best of 2011, which was just before we started doing this podcast, uh, I had a song on there uh, called Chemical Love. Mm-hmm. I think I've put previous songs uh, on by them as well. Uh, but it, I did find out this information about the song from their website. It says, this is a much-needed update to one of our older songs. We had originally wrote this song for one of our dear friends who had a baby. It had lyrics like, it used to be that you fought for one, now you think for free. This song worked out fine until the free became four. So in, effort, in an effort to make the song viable again, a complete overhaul was recently performed. Lolo, which is one of the band members, added some great background vocals, and we, we remixed the majority of the synths to reflect a more modern feel. One of the things I really like about that and most of their stuff is the the harmonies. It's quietly un- unconventional and at times make you think that sounds slightly off. Mm. It doesn't sound mm. quite right. It kind of puts you, un- you know, mm. un- unnerves you a little bit. It's no, strangely strange. beautiful, wasn't it? Because yeah. at first you hear it think this is like Tweedy. Yeah, Twindy. Yeah, Twindy, yeah, Twindy. Yeah. But, the, but the lyrics are very poignant. You get yeah, right down yeah. to it. So he's talking, he's talking at first about catching his daddy's eye. And then later on, he's, he's responsible for four. And then so he realises that his children look at him the same way, that he's made the same mistakes. So it's your turn now. Yeah. yeah. And that's very beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so I said, and I, I wrote down. So I was inspired. You wrote down? I said, yeah. It's for a father of two or three. Consider his own. Because then again, it's, I'm responsible for four. Does that mean, is your wife one of the four? Or maybe the wife's gone? Maybe she's dead. Oh, well, oh, that's oh, not, oh, no. Oh, no. Let's, let's not go Don't take us down that dark road. True, true. And so he's at his piece, so he's coming down with his father's and his own shortcomings. He's got a sense of growing wisdom and recognition and acceptance, hasn't he? And I thought, does this lack ambition? You know, is there more to life than that? Or does it reflect the sense that life's early naivety is replaced by a deeper sense of understanding and conciliation that enables you to appreciate happiness in a more wholesome way? That youthful happiness, by its very nature, is a little shallow, disposable, because we don't have the life experience and knowledge to seek out more interesting and complex messages about life. And that's why Ed Sheeran is so popular. No, it was the first thing. Okay, for Kicker's Question Time! Well, here we are again. Oh, yes, we are. And uh, I've got two new questions. I'm going to tell you the new questions first, mm-hmm. and then we'll go back over the old answers after that. Because we've been studying this is the last time. We have, yeah. So, well, well, we'll come to those. But the new question is for you to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and one, actually, I'm going to give you some, some uh, physicality to look at. Okay. Yes, yes. So the, the first question is, uh, The Clash. Uh, the Clash is Mick Jones. Mm-hmm. Uh, plays guitar on one Elvis Costello song. But which one? I know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both know that. Should yeah. we say? No. No, you can't, can't, yeah. no, can't yeah. say that. Keep it, keep it quiet for five yeah. weeks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, sec- the, se- the second question uh, involves this piece of physicality, and I hold in my hand uh, a National Geographic magazine, uh, <laughs> volume 178. What's, that on, the, what's that on the cover? It's a sugar bay thing. I don't know. It's a fish. It's a fish. Fish. It's a fish. sugar bay, is it? No, no. <laughs> so this is the National Geographic. Uh, they volume got fish in the sugar bays now. <laughs> Everybody else, they've run out of people to be in the Six-foot-five Scottish fellow. Fish. Yeah, Derek Dick. Derek Dick, yeah. Underrated him, isn't he? No, he's just... Anyway, this is the National Geographic, as I'm trying to say, volume 178, number four. 
uh, from October 1990. Uh, and it's the, um, it's the only National Geographic magazine that I own. Okay. All right. Um, and I want you to know, I want you to tell me why do I own this magazine. Now, to help you, Rebel Ricketts, mm. I'm going to let you keep it. Good, okay. 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 So you give me on for a bunch, I feel that, but never mind. Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> so you can, keep, you can keep that until the next podcast. Okay. Um, and then by the time it comes around again, and I'll remind you, yeah. uh, I want you to tell me how does this National Geographic magazine relate 1990 to... 1990 is a bit too early to have anything by Guided by Voices in it, is it? Oh, well, there you go. Oh, okay, yeah. so there you go. Oh, now, yeah. uh, going back to the questions that were asked last time, I believe both of you, and in fact somebody else, uh, have got answers for this, is this right? That's right. I knew the first one. The, well, the, fir- yeah. the first question was, uh, which 1980s star described who as a dwarf that fell into a vat of pubic hair? Can I just say there's not a picture of that in, in National uh, Geographic? No. Uh, and you knew that. Issue, anyway. you I, knew I, I did know that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, I knew straight away it was Boy George saying it, and I had to think for a few, a couple of minutes, mm. and I remembered it was uh, Prince. Boy George said that about Prince. He did. Boy yeah. George described Prince as a dwarf that fell into a vat of pubic hair. He's, yeah. he's got some wit that fellow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. he, he's good. Yeah. And uh, the second question, uh, Rebel Wicket, you know the answer to this. And, and uh, Chita Gabanza, you have... I have a correspondent. Correspondents who can answer it as well. So you've been... Yeah. Usurped a little bit. Yeah, yeah, correspondence goes first. It it does. So the question was, if you you remember, uh, was to do with Joe Strummer uh, and Top Ahead of The Clash. I don't know if you noticed there's a bit of a thing there. Uh, Of The Clash. Um, They sang backing vocals on a damn song, and I asked you which one it was. And who who could tell us, Sarita? Well, a regular listener, uh, Daniel Eldering, was in contact. Was he? Yeah. Uh, He's one of the ones who likes me, isn't he? Well... Yeah, I, we're not sure. <laughs> no, we're not he sure. was he was utterly utterly bemused by the fact that you, in the, on a recent podcast you referred to the fact that he you you picked up on the vibe that he didn't like you. Well, he was completely confused. I'm by, a sensitive soul. What by why, why why that was? But I'm sure he's still he, denying it. I'm sure if you carry on, he's not denying it. He will find reasons <laughs> to dislike you. Uh, he did actually uh, ask. Oh. He did actually wonder if he'd ever met you. Well, that, 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 that would give him more reasons to dislike yeah, me. Uh, uh, but as far as we know, he's never met you. No, so, um, so there's a possibility so, he doesn't dislike me. Yeah. Um, but he, he, said, he said, yes, I know the answer to that question. Ah. He said, The Damned, yes. uh, Machine Gun Etiquette, yeah. and The Clash, London Corning, mm. were recorded. This might not be the right answer, by the way, oh. so maybe oh, it would oh, come oh, in for oh, a scale. Oh, oh. Uh, but... He, he does claim to be an expert on both bands. Uh, <laughs> the Damned and Machine Gun Etiquette and The Clash on the recording were recording at the same studio. The Damned used quite a lot of percussion from The Clash too, I think, mm-hmm. and the song is Noise, Noise, Noise. It is. What it fab is. albums were made in that studio at the same time? Yeah, Two all-time favourites. Yeah, well, thank you yeah. very much to Daniel, and he's absolutely right. Uh, Rebel, would you mind awfully passing me that fucker Limeburger? To the left, naturally. Pass the Uzi on the left-hand side.
was suddenly a press darling and the album still features in critics greatest albums of all times list but the media seemed to lose interest in him very quickly when he was no longer their flavor of the month and the standard practice these days seemed to be to lazily dismiss all of his later more challenging more uh, tricky records <laughs> but this track is from his 1996 album pre-millennial tension this is the tremendously paranoid bad dreams It's a matter of utmost urgency You might even call it a police emergency Suckers got ill when they finally heard That she wasn't sending out They tried to murder me Reach for my jammy like a troop's supposed to do Never let a sucker get too close to you Heard him coming up behind the wall They saw the whites of his eyes The first one had to fall Another bum creeped up the fire escape Trying to sneak I guess he snuck too late Looking like a scene for real life Ice the way his head fell apart Like a block of solid ice Easy does it come to big college Dude had an eye but his wasn't as fast as mine I heard the phone ring should I answer This is getting serious, it's terminal cancer And that is the final stage My primal rage began to rise And I started to fantasize How many more might try to rush the door And blast their worry in hell I ain't staying I ain't bringing back to all of 
could be the pilot, ready to handle it. Like who am I supposed to be? Eddie Spaghetti, you come and get Lord G. Anytime you're ready. They had me trapped, so I rushed back. They tried to bust me, but they don't have enough caps. I did dive, slip, slip, they missed me. I had to move quick, or they was bound to get me. One bullet grazed me, that didn't faze me. What could I say? I was having a fucked up day. Still, I put the game, my finger on the trigger. I shot it out now, let me hear you say, nigga. Well, anyway, nobody spoke, I went for broke. The place was all clouded up from gunsmoke. Then everything got quiet, I don't buy it. Second ago, we had a riot. They must be planning attack or setting a trap. Whatever the case, you won't get this black. Now I'm on the edge and there's no denying it. Whatever the hell might work, I'm trying it. Thought I was a target that they could get right quick. But I ain't going up like no statistic. And another number made me wonder how many other brothers they put under. I sat in the dark real still for a long time. Didn't make a sound cause I got a strong one. Made my way to the street, it was daybreak Must have fallen asleep, but for Pete's sake I didn't see the enemy trying to put an end to me the night before My finger trigger was sore, I went in the house To get a fresh clip And then I woke up and shit, it was just a bad dream
That was the fall. It was the fall. Pretty mighty fall. Printhead from Dragnet. From Dragnet. Was Steve Hanley in the band? Steve Hanley was on that band. And why have we played that? Because Steve Hanley's just written and released a book. Where's last year, in fact? Yeah. Was it as long as that? Yeah. I thought, oh, okay, fair enough then. Yeah, it was, and it was a hell we're reading it, aren't we? We've read it. Oh, well, I, I, you've read it. I'm still reading it. Not I finished it. it. No. It's like... What's it called? Uh, the Big Midweek. Yeah. The incre- that question, uh, The Big Midweek, is it any good? It's absolutely incredible. Yeah. I've read a lot of books about music, to be perfectly frank with you. And, um, you know, a band as eccentric as The Four, as insane as The Four, the fact that someone was sober enough <laughs> and with the sufficient brain cells left to tell us exactly and it's like it's like a normal person well he is the voice of reason throughout isn't he and there's all this as, as, you know complete chaos going yeah. on around him and all the time he's saying oh, 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 where's my bass guitar I'll go and play <laughs> yeah um, and, and there's a lots of time lots of time that he reflects on maybe he should be more assertive <laughs> yeah. and maybe he shouldn't put up with all this nonsense and maybe he should do something sensible and get a real job and then he thinks yeah but it's this is a bit this is a this is a laugh, isn't it? This, this is something special. It makes you want to be in the band, despite the fact that it's, it's horrendous being in the band, seemingly. I mean, Marky, Marky Smith is is in the background all the time, yeah. doing completely crazy things and, and acting completely irrationally and yeah. sacking people and, and deciding to go on tour at this drop of a hat and then bollocking people and, and keeping a notebook of when they drop notes or whatever they're doing, you know, all this sort of thing. Oh. Uh, but mean, meanwhile, Steve Anley is just, you know, thinking, oh, well, this is all right. It's, I'm in the band. It's quite good. Yes. He was a long-running member. He was, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he, he was in Dragnet, in, on the Dragnet album. He wasn't on the yes, first one. That's like... Wasn't end, the witch title? End of the 70s? Yeah. 78, 79? Yeah, around there. Yeah. And he, he certainly... He's, well, he's in... I'm up to extricate, and he's still in there. So that's early 90s. That's, that's 1990, yeah. in fact. Yeah. But I, I don't know how much longer he's going to be in the band. I think probably not very much. Is he in it now? No, 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 no. By no. the end of the book, yeah. he sort of... He sort of leaves at the end of the book. Yeah, he sort of... He, he packs in at the end of the book. Yeah. I mean, there, there's so many great things. You know, because his best friend was Mark Rangley. Mm. And they had a band together. They finally managed to get a band together. And they managed to do something that it was okay. And then Mark Rangley got offered to join the fall. Mm. And so Steve Rangley thought, well, you know, you get but as well. I can kind of understand it. And then as he's kicking more and more members out, you know, he, he gets asked to join. Then the, I mean, Carl Burns, the drummer, mm. is in and out of that band so yes. often. Yeah. Now, he sounds like a right nut at all, doesn't he? Often because he, cannot, he forgets his passport and, turns up and doesn't turn up on the buzz and stuff like that. Once because Bricks just said, I cannot work or spend one more minute with that man. <laughs> and so Mark Smith does things like, well, let's have two drummers so we can throw him out and bring him back in whenever we like. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That's a great read, isn't it? Oh, yeah, and, and it's like, you know, he, he he describes Marky Smith in a way that you probably thought that Marky Smith was all the time like just a, just a, a weird contrarian and, and control freak as well. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and sort of mean and, and uh, you know two faced and, and all that. And at one point, Marky Smith has got a, a legal dispute with his manager, and it takes to court. And they, they, it takes some ages to get to court. You can imagine they picked the whole thing, cost a fortune, and the judge dismissed it because he said that Marky Smith wasn't a credible witness because he'd say things in the morning that he would then contradict in the afternoon. <laughs> and the judge said, I can't take this seriously. Mr. Smith, please go and sort your life out. <laughs> 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 I mean, there's just so many brilliant, brilliant bits in it. Like, yeah. they, they, they get invited to the, the Inland Revenue and they're both sat there with some very sore looking gentlemen and said, okay, you owe us £32,000. When are you going to pay? <laughs> he said, in a way, it wasn't, you know, the fact that he'd been doing it for 15 years, he was totally broke 
and, and he was you know on the inland review thirty two thousand pounds because mm. you know they'll possess anything they want to get that. Mm. He was referring to that. That's probably not a good result. Yeah, <laughs> ultimately, <laughs> a lot of really good music though producing those. Oh, yeah, 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 think yeah. about that. Arguably, arguably the best yeah. bits of the. I think you'd have to yeah. argue that. Yeah. yeah. And so before that, that was tricky. Tricky. Yeah. Uh, bad dreams. Yeah. Housebound. Uh, pardon? Housebound. Housebound. What's housebound? Yeah. Housebound by the specials. What about it? It's sampled in that song. Is it? It yeah. is. No, I don't know housebound by the specials. No, I don't either. Why album that on? I don't know that song. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I thought you might be able to tell it. I've just written housebound by the specials. That's <laughs> right. all I've got. Yeah, that's yeah, all I've got. Okay. <laughs> right. Um, well, let me tell you a bit about, about Tricky, going back to 1995. It's time for... Is it rolling, Bob? It's rolling. Tourism's hazily recalled festival anecdote. So we're starting off, actually, not at a festival. Oh, starting off wow. at my... Uh, he played two gigs in, in 95 at my local venue, Shepherd's Bush Empire. The first was supporting PJ Harvey... Uh, with I'm not sure if there was full stops or not full stops involved, but <laughs> she herself was going undergoing a bit of a transformation for her third album because that was when she lost the other two guys in the band, and it was to bring me my love, and she put down the guitar, and she was very much a front woman. Uh, but and but and Tricky played a support then and was excellent. But they're both they're still in, aren't they? Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not long after appearing as a support, he came back as a headliner. And I remember him saying something to the crowd uh, at the beginning of the gig. It was something along the lines of, because uh, he'd been getting quite a lot of press by then, uh, anyone here into, into trip-hop? Uh, and a few people cheered, and he said something like, well, fuck off out of here, then, or something <laughs> like that, uh, which, was, which was pretty good. He sort of caught his uh, element, didn't he? Yeah, well, of course. He was, and I think still is, uh, notoriously stage-shy, and he played both those gigs. In fact, the front cover of this album, which is pretty much black, but with tones of blue, uh, he played both those gigs in pretty much that kind of light, <laughs> uh, in pretty much near total darkness. Uh, there was some very dim blue lighting, but not really enough to be able to make out anything other than a figure standing at a mic rocking from side to side as he delivered his lines. So it was that at Glastonbury in 1995, which although I didn't know it then, was the last ever Sonny Glastonbury I would ever get to. Right. I, I went with, with a couple of mates and I told my mate, we've got to go and see this tricky guy. He's playing on the Jazz World stage. He says, well, well, don't bother trying to get down the front. Don't bother, you know, trying to, trying to get a good view because there's fucking nothing to see. It's all about the audio. Nothing to do with the visuals. So we got, we got there and we realised well, about halfway back is a big old mixing desk thing, you know. And on the back of that are some fuck-off great big speakers, you know, five-metre-high speakers so the people at the back of the field can hear so uh, we just decided that, that, you know, there was nothing to see, so we just sat down with our backs right against these speakers, uh, and, which was fucking loud, as you can imagine. <laughs> and uh, we watched the whole gig with our backs to these speakers. You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. So uh, we're going to talk about the, the new Decemberist album, which is called What a Terrible World, What a Beautiful World, which is a little bit contradictory, but I see what they're doing there. Yeah. Um, and I have it in front of me on gatefold double vinyl. 
It's a it's a wide ranging album um, in terms of theme. I think also in sound, it's much much more um, coherent. I think than a lot of their albums, despite the fact that it's uh, not a particularly clear uh, concept. Um, but uh, it's I think on three sides. On it's on three sides. Yeah. It's, it's, so what's on the fourth side? Well, I've got I'm, a I'm glad you asked. There's yeah. a there's an etching. Ah. Oh, of sort of fireballs, yeah. comets, and yeah. uh, stars, and oh my god, oh, yeah. that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty cool. what does that sound like if you try and play it? It doesn't play. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you break your needle. Right. Um, but I've been listening to this album a lot. I really like it. There, there are, it's mostly acoustic, I suppose, in, in tone, isn't it? Um, but it's uh, it is, but uh, it isn't. It isn't because it's. It, Cranks it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I would say on currently, I would say my favourite songs are the slower songs. There's the Lake song I particularly like, and the song uh, twelve, well, twelve seventeen twelve or seventeenth of December two thousand twelve. As I yeah, prefer to. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's the twelfth day of the seventeenth month. Well, no, it's, yeah. this, it's, it's very much the seventeenth. It refers to um, one of the shootings, a school shooting. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop making so, 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 <laughs> But but it's uh, I think it's a great song. Um, I, I really like it. But what did you think? Oh well, I I did really like it, but for almost exactly the opposite reasons <laughs> you just gave. Yeah. I don't really like so much the slow ones. Oh, right. I don't dislike the slow ones. I think it's all good. Uh, I, I don't know that much of the Decemberist stuff. I have the album The King Is Dead, is it called? Yeah. And I like that a lot. And I put one of those songs on, what, the one that sounded a little bit like the, the one I love. Uh, uh, you know, the, the, they had, apparently there's a story with the previous album that um, they, they were talking about what they wanted it to sound like and they were saying, well, we want it to sound a bit like 80s R.E.M. Right. And so they were no, trying, to, trying to get the, uh, the, the guitars to sound like it and then one day they just said, well, why don't we just call Peter Buck? Right. So they called yeah. Peter Buck and got him to come in, uh, and he played some stuff, and they said, well, what we want you to play is this. And, uh, you know, he started playing this thing, and, he, and he, apparently he stopped them and was you do realise that this... Yes, 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 that's what we want you to play. Yeah, it's because it's, it's very the one I love. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and I like the songs on this album that are Sound more like, in that kind of vein, yeah, okay. which are the faster ones. Yeah, yeah, okay. um, are you aware of the Pollard link? With this album... I believe John Mern. John Mern. Oh, John Mern. Yeah. John Mern is, is the drummer who's That's played right, in yeah. Boston Space That's correct, yes. And the Jicks. Indeed. We, yeah. we noted that when we, we saw we the We did, yes. I, I know, yeah. Mm. Uh, but also, uh, didn't we both have a Decemberist song? We the did. The Rakes song on our Rakes of 2009 as well. We did, yes. Um, so that, that's, well, that's quite sea shanty-y, isn't it? That sort of... Yes, it is. Well, the, 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 what's that one? You better not wake the baby. Yes. That's a bit... That's is it the, the, the more sort of traditional up-tempo... F- Folky ones, mm. I quite like, but I do actually like the more the mainstream, ones. if that's the right word, mm. mainstream rock type songs like Cavalry Captain right. and uh, The Wrong Year yeah. is a really good song. It's got accordions on it, which I really There were certain things I liked about the album which crop up now and again. There's little bursts of harmonica here and there. Mm. There's every now and again, there's a bit of sort of piano solo, which they don't use very much, it's sort of underused. Uh, and the vocal harmonies, which I thought was. They've always had vocal harmonies on their stuff, but I thought this, this album is the best vocal harmonies they've had. Yeah. And the, is it she called Jenny something? I've written down Jenny somebody. The, the girl in the band. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she's called Jenny something. Uh, uh, and um, she's much more, uh, you know, I hear her voice, her harmony vocals, much more on this album than I do 
on in their previous stuff. She's much more Jenny Connolly. Jenny Connolly, that's it. Yeah. yeah, she's one of the stars of this album, I think, because uh, because her voice is, I, is I, fantastic. I agree, and and I think because there's there's more of a female voice or vocal to it, I think it does sound more intimate as a as yeah. a whole album. It's it's less because sometimes they, they they do sound they do or can sound a bit. Uh, standoffish, I suppose, or a little bit removed, a bit knowing. Yeah. Whereas this is yeah. this is a much warmer album, I think, than than some of the earlier stuff. Can I tell you my take on this? Please yeah. Do. Uh, obviously, when you said uh, go and listen to December, I'm like, I had no no idea who they were. Yeah. You'd mentioned them before, but I'd managed to ignore you. Right. Uh, and um, I, I, they're from Portland, Oregon. Yeah. Uh, and that put me off. I don't know why. Did I don't it? know why that put me off. I'm <laughs> not another American band. I think. Yeah, I think. I read a little bit about them. They're, they're massive in Portland, Oregon. They're massive yeah. in America, I think. Are they? Yeah, yeah but, but apparently they're like real celebrities in. in they're a guitarist called Chris Funk. It's good. I like that. Yeah. But then he, then, to, he was the founder member of Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> was he? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but then that, Johnny Railroad. <laughs> that first song, that singer addresses audience. Uh, Start, I really started to like that, particularly the, the second half of it, mm. where they really, and that's a very impressive sound and some very heavy guitars going on. I thought, well, I really like that, and perhaps I should listen to the RSDLB, particularly as we're going to talk about it. Yeah. And uh, the, it was sort of quite satisfying. It had two words sort of worried me. Mm. Those words were Deacon and Balloon. Oh. I thought, these are only Deacon Balloon. Mm. Oh, I can't be they're, they're all better than that. Fleet Foxes. I thought these were. I don't even know who they are. Do you know what you do? You do. I don't think so. It's it's the it's the, the, the I mean the, the what I was talking about before with the harmonies. They're very very they're very smooth. Mm. And in in places they I know what you mean. They reminded me of rather very over sleekly produced things. Mm. There was even a little Isn't it bit. Isn't it crowded housey? Isn't it getting towards that sort of territory? But there's a bit with, on one tune that, uh, that it starts off with this kind of electric piano, and I like the tune once it gets started, but at the beginning of the electric piano, I went, uh oh, and my super tramp alarm started going <laughs> off. Um, but also that kind of LA 70s Fleetwood Mac y kind of stuff. I've never really heard much Fleetwood Mac, but I've heard mm. enough to know that I don't like it. But it's, in, it's interesting because um, I, I know what you mean, and. and you know, there are, it's quite there are, slickly produced. There are, num- there are a number of acts who, who I, I worry about in that way. I think John Grant would be another one, some of, especially on uh, Queen of Denmark. If you listen to the music musicality of it, mm. it is quite straightforward AOR. Yeah. But but the lyrical content is yeah. such that it yeah. takes you to a totally different yeah. level. And, yeah. I, and I think the Decemberists do that as well. Mm. And then going back to that, that first song, I think that's a fantastically that's inter- interesting yeah. uh, theme. To, to basically, it's a song to their fans... Mm. To say about kind of changing and saying out kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, I love it. And what a brave and interesting and different way to start an album. And, what, well. and perhaps yeah. it's an interesting and brave way to finish this discussion. So no, 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 I'm saying, I'm, no, no, I'm I'm saying, I'm saying the, the genius of the album, because it did, it did with me over, but the genius of the album was the ending, ending the album with a beginning song. Ah, yeah. That's clever, yeah. And, and the, the list at the end, I thought that was the most beautiful thing I heard for a long time. When he yes, all the things and there's around him. Yeah, is the sunlight, is the shadows, is the quiet, and yeah. Uh, but he goes on and on and on. Yeah, brilliant, yeah, yeah. brilliant. And then he comes out, and then of course, around me. The, the thing that seals the deal is my sweet love mm. for whoever it is. Yeah. Oh, the, 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 it was my sweet. It was almost like they're paraphrasing my sweet lord. Yes, bit, that's right. Yeah. 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 Um, I've got a couple of other things I wanted to say. 
uh, one of the songs, I think it was called, it's about song number four or something like that. You love your numbers, um, don't you? I do, yeah. I'm not very good at some names of Make songs. Make You Better. I think it was, yeah, it was Make You Better. Mm-hmm. I've got a theory about what that song's about. Right. Here's the opening lines. I want you, think, thing, I can't say it. I want you, mm-hmm. thin fingers. No. Thin fingers. I want you thin fingers. I wanted you. having trouble saying his fuzz and fuzz. I wanted you thin fingers. And when you bend backwards, I wanted you. I needed you to make me better. I think he's in love with his proctologist. Right. Well, that's an unfortunate image, isn't it? But you know, that's why he wants he wants someone with thin thin fingers. (laughs) He does. He does say. Does say later in that song, doesn't he? Uh, Won't it? Won't it all just come around and make? Make make you let it all unbreak you to the day. Oh, no, it's nothing to do with <laughs> yeah. And then he says something about um, there's know, no mention about examining the prostate. Uh, uh, but the anal rape is not mentioned. <laughs> I think that's a, that's a very harsh judgment on, on the uh, industry of proctologists. Well, on, you know, um, anyway, un- unrequested. The song, the song, the song, Mistral. Uh, features all those things I mentioned before about the harmonica and the piano and the harmonies, and that's one of my favourites. And Philomena, the bit in there where he says, all I ever wanted in the world, I might be misquoting him here, Mm. all I ever wanted in the world was to see a naked girl, and then there's that bit where he goes, Yeah, that's good. That bit's really good. Reminded me a bit of Girlfriend of the Cobra. And Cavalry Captain, which at first I didn't really like. I think this is a bit... Overly jaunty, <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, yeah, I really like it. Yeah. So, should we play a song then? I think I think generally we, we like that album then. On the yeah, whole, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. 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 I I would like to play the singer addresses his audience, um, but unless, unless absolutely, go ahead, great. Should we play that? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So this is the singer addresses his audience by the Decemberists. We know, we know. Belong to ya. We know you built your life around us. And would we change? We had to change some. We know, we know, we belong to ya. We know you threw your arms around us In the hopes we wouldn't change But we had to change some You know to belong to you And we're aware that you cut your But with fame came a mounting claim for the evermore You know, so when your bridal processional Is a televised confessional To the benefits of Axe Shampoo You know we did it We did it all for you Cause we know, we know We belong to ya 
change some you know to belong to you you know to belong to you you know to belong to you Listeners, birds with ears, mm-hmm. eagle-eared listeners, and eagle-eyed readers of our blog will have noticed <laughs> that uh, there's recently been a, a new uh, addition to our question and answer Q and A series. Uh, this is a recent Q and A that I, I did with um, self-styled uh, band leader Luxardo Haynes. Luxardo, Luxardo. Uh, probably not his real name. In fact, it's not his real name, Simon. But anyway, Luxardo Haynes <laughs> of the uh, the band Tradicibaki, who uh, have got a new EP out uh, called Vai Vai Vai, uh, which is uh, full of Italian soundtrack style pop um, and from an imaginary Italian sex romp, fraught with adventure and indeed hilarity. And uh, I, I quite like this band. They're, they're, they're rather interesting. Mm. They, 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 they do seem to be a throwback Italian soundtrack band, but actually they're based in Boston. Mm. And, uh, and it, I said this is a bloke called Simon. Um, and uh, he was great. I, I asked him a few questions, which I thought would be... Because we're going to play a song with his on the pod. I said, yeah, I'm going to play this. Can you tell us a bit about it? And he wrote back at great length. So that's why you mm. know, the, the, the Q&A is out there. Anyway, I asked him about this track that we're going to play, which is called Sesso... Sesso in futuro. 
And I said to him, I said, uh, we're going to play the track Sesso in Futuro on our podcast. Can you tell us a little about how the track came about? Which track is that? Sesso in Futuro. Oh, yeah. Uh, and what it says about sex in the future. Sesso in Futuro. Oh, right. Oh, is that what it means? Sex, sex in, in the, the future. future. Right. So I said, yeah, what does it say about sex in the future, apart from the fact that it'll be over? Will there be any? Well, a fa- apart from the fact that it'll be over in two and a half minutes. The song? And indeed, Sex in the Future, that was the kind of thing that I was... Well, they're going to do it three times. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on their own. (laughs) Anyway, this this is his response. He says, well, I'd say you beat me to the punch on that one. (laughs) Uh, Allow me to set the scene, he says. I was in California, my parents' house for Christmas, and they left town for ten days to go to Peru and do an ayahuasca ceremony. Look, look it up if you don't know what it is. <laughs> Very northern California hippie shit, and indeed it is. But there's, oh, there's, there's a link on the Q&A. You can, you can <laughs> so naturally, left to my own devices, I spent the time writing and watching bad TV. Uh, sorry, writing and watching bad TV. Uh, and, and after a few days, I started to think, what if I never have sex again? Uh, is there sex in the future? I often wonder this during phases of bachelorhood, he says here. This is not me speaking it to him. Okay. Uh, you'll notice that the piece, and he's referring to the song we're about to play, and he says here, stop me if this becomes too pretentious. It really doesn't. <laughs> uh, you'll notice that the piece contains references to three different styles of music. The twist, early disco, and what I call sexy English spies on a train. <laughs> now that's an interesting genre. We could add that to chutney and various other things. So, anyway, uh, the sexy English spies on the train genre starts around 57 seconds into the song. Um, so these three distinctly sexy genres all wrapped up and delivered in the form of a question. So this is Tradizzi Bacchi with Sesso in Futuro. <laughs>
was Luke Haynes genius following on from Luxardo Hannes or Haynes <laughs> yes yeah. uh, and that's the Luke, Luke track from Luke Haynes new micro opera <clears throat> which is called Adventures in Dementia and that was the title track Adventures in Dementia uh, this is a very interesting album Can you, you, you gave me an interesting summary of that album in a couple of sentences I did yeah but I stole, I stole that summary from uh, Luke Haynes himself because it, this is in the um... he's, he's a big fan of the uh, I know I've made this joke before but he's a big fan of the high concept album <laughs> yes. as in a concept that he surely must have been high when he yeah. came up with it well indeed and, and the concept for this one and I'm quoting from the, the notes to accompany the album this is uh, this is the, the scenario a Marky e. Smith impersonator and members of Fall Group are en route to a rock and roll festival 
Members of Fall Group are not aware that MES is actually an MES imposter. Smith is driving a battered Renault 5 and towing a swift swallow caravan, possibly under the influence of amphetamine sulfates and alcohol, when he crashes into an Austin maestro. The maestro is being driven by a skinhead, Ian Stewart, lead singer of notorious white power band Screwdriver. Yep. <laughs> Was it an Austin Maestro? Austin Maestro, sorry. It's Austin Maestro. Um, so, yeah, the, the, this, and, and indeed that is exactly what this CD is about. Um, and there's a, a fantastic the hit single, Caravan Man, um, which, is, yeah. which is a bit like Container Drivers and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's a song, I'm a very friendly lion called Parsley. Uh, Cats That Look Like M.E.S., which is one of the, the best songs of the year. <laughs> uh, there's a version of Jerusalem that's played in a kazoo. Where is it now? Yeah. Um, and there's a song called Regeneration, which is rather good. And we're the song Regeneration, actually, who does that slag off? It slags off someone. Can you remember who it was? Uh, David Baddiel. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good for him. <laughs> because David Baddiel, number one, he's not funny. No. Number two, he's a fucking Chelsea fan. Is he? Yeah. Number three... <laughs> He wrote a book about, uh, which I read uh, years ago. Uh, he wrote a book which someone said, you're a QPR fan and you're also a bit of an insomniac. You should read this book by David Baddiel because the person in it is a QPR fan and he's an insomniac. I read the book. What a load of old wank. <laughs> anyway, carry on. Yeah, regeneration, regeneration. David Baddiel uh, was found wanting, it says here. Anyway, so the song you just heard was Adventures in Dementia, which, uh, well, I think it, it's clear, isn't it? Someone, someone bring the beer along. We, we can all relate to that, can't we? Uh, fantastic little, little EP, highly recommended, and as I said, Luke Haynes following Luke Tardo Hannes. I don't think it gets better than that anywhere in Pod World. That's the end of this Trust the Wizards podcast. I believe it's number 37. Who, who knows? Who knows? There'll be 100 out there very, very soon. So all, the, all that remains to say is from me, Rebel Rickett, good night. And from Mr Kicker of Elves, ciao bella. And from Chirito Garbanzo, puta de la good night listener. There's no good night.